Welcome to Mental Health Matters Podcast. I'm Hillary Coughlin. And I'm Christina Anavi. We're both mental health clinicians and health coaches coming together to talk all things mental health and wellness. Our mission is to destigmatize the topic of mental health by talking about real life relatable experiences and hardships that people go through every day but may struggle to talk about. This is a place where we dig deep, get real, and empower you to get through life's challenges. Welcome back, everybody, to Mental Health Matters podcast. This is episode 16. We are talking about modern therapy with guest Kristen Gingrich of Not Your Average Therapist. So some may know Kristen as Not Your Average Therapist on TikTok and Instagram. She is a licensed clinical social worker and a certified alcohol and drug counselor in the state of Maine. Kristen is currently working in rural community mental health as a program clinical supervisor and has been working in the field for five years now and loving every minute of it. On her days off, you'll find Kristen spending time with her husband and her three-year-old with a Dunkin' coffee in hand, attempting to make do-it-yourself projects from Pinterest and making funny and relatable TikToks or walking around Ulta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so welcome, Kristen. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. We are so, I'm so excited. We're so excited because I discovered you via Instagram mm-hmm. and what really draw me to you, not only the amount of followers that you have on social media, which is astounding you guys need to follow her and look her up her content's amazing but also the fact that you are a licensed therapist who just lays it all out for people to see and for me as a licensed therapist I'm really I struggle often with the self-disclosure and just putting myself out there. So I'm excited to talk with you personally and also for our audience to hear different perspectives on therapy and mental health. So with that said, can you share a little bit about your background and how you got in this field? Yeah, so I um, graduated in 2015 Um, with my master's in clinical social work. And my first position was as an outpatient therapist at a community mental health agency, as most individuals go into um, (laughs) in rural Maine. Um, I was there for four years and then I took a promotion in the same agency, but just in a different office. Um, So I just moved to a different part of rural Maine um, where I oversee now, I, I oversee the clinicians and case managers. I still carry a caseload, um, a very small caseload on my own, um, but I've been doing this. I'm going to be going on um, six years in March. Um, I've been, I've worked in substance use. I've worked in crisis. I've worked in community mental health, um, all sorts of backgrounds I've, I've been involved with. And I've and I've loved it. Like I know community mental health for a lot of people is very draining. Um, it has a high burnout rate, but I was just talking about this today. Like I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, which, which is amazing because we need yeah. people like you. And I was telling Hillary just in the podcast that we just recorded about how I recently left my job in community mental health to start my practice. And for me, my experience was, it was so, it was very toxic and very draining. 
So, and that could just be also the environment and the people that I'm working with, not necessarily the clients. So that's wonderful that you've had a positive experience there. Yeah. A lot of times it comes down to the environment more than it is the clients. Um, I've been lucky in my entire time. I've had amazing supervisors. I have amazing coworkers and support, um, which I think makes a lot of that difference. Um, because when you're having really kind of acute or um, kind of some serious mental health with our with high needs clients, that can be really burnt out if you don't have a supportive team on the other end. Absolutely, hundred percent. So, are you also doing private practice? Do you have your own business? I do not. My my own business, quote unquote, is this social media thing. So yeah. I work. Um, it's always hilarious when I am live and they're like, oh, you do this full time. And I was like, no, I have a full-time job wow. 40, like 40 hours minimum outside of the social media thing. Um, yeah. and I come home and I spend time with my family and in my free time, I'm making videos and yeah. And you're a mom and a yeah. Oh my gosh. You do it all. <laughs> like, yes. that is amazing. It's getting really creative and balancing. That's for sure. I relate to you, Kristen, because I've been, my background sounds somewhat similar. I've had a lot of community health, um, mental health experience, substance use, um, inpatient psychiatric, um, all different case managing, um, more acute. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a journey and it's a lot. And right now I'm in grief counseling for a hospice. So totally different, but um, you know, a lot of different experiences and avenues down the community, mental health, you know, field. And it's, it's interesting. It's so true that your supervisors and your coworkers, they're huge. They're yes. huge. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you created not your average therapist. And what yeah, please. That is crazy. Your growth. Yeah. So it's funny because, um, I downloaded TikTok. I feel when the rest of the world downloaded it, that wasn't Gen Z, which was March, 2020. Um, cause we were all starting to be stuck at home and I was just like navigating it, like scrolling videos as everybody does. Um, and I actually didn't make my first video into like the beginning of April, 2020. And it wasn't even mental health content. I don't even think I made a mental health content video until the end of that April. Um, and I made it because I saw, um, she's another TikTok therapist. Her name's Lindsay Fleming. I saw her and I was love like, oh my her. God, I love this. And I was like, you know what? Like, I could do that too. Like, look at all the, I'm hearing all these trends, all these videos. And I'm like, wow. And so a lot of the first videos that I made were around the pandemic was like the grief and loss of the pandemic, mm. how to deal with the changes. And so a lot of people that resonated with. Um, and then I started really, showing who I am. And I'm a very, what they call, I'm a no BS therapist. Um, I'm very authentic with my clients in a lot of ways in, in professionalism and in, in respecting the, the client provider relationship. But like, I call it like I like it is with a lot of my clients. And I, and I kind of get to do that a little more on TikTok, which is really cool because my followers are not my clients. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing like some call out videos, which was like, what are you doing up at 2 a.m. scrolling TikTok? Why are you drinking five coffees when you woke up and your anxiety was at an eight? Um, why are, like one of the one that goes over a lot is, is kind of like that 
Um, I want to do better. I want to do all of this, but I don't want to put the effort in. Mm. And when I make videos like that, it's like, Ooh, ouch, you called me out. And yeah. I do it in a way, <laughs> and I do it in a way that isn't offensive, but it, but it's, but it's clear. And I get, mm. and it gets my message across for a lot of individuals and it's making it just real because, and it's, I think there's this, like this illusion, this facade around therapy that, that people don't get to see. And it's like a lot of us, like the TikTok therapists and the, and people on Insta and the therapists on Instagram, it's pulling back the veil mm. and it's talking about therapy. It's talking about experiences. Um, it's telling people, how do I ask for therapy? How do I, um, do all of that? And it just kind of took off. Well, um, for a reason, because yeah. we don't see that a lot. I mean, now with social media, we, we are seeing that a little bit more, but I think too, when you live in a small state, you don't see that in the state that you live. Like, I don't know a lot of other New Hampshire based therapists who do what you do or, yeah. you know, main based therapists who do what you do, maybe in on the West coast, but not so much here. And I know for myself and Hillary and I have talked about this a little bit of there's so much fear mongering mm -hmm. through the journey of becoming a therapist. Mm -hmm. So breaking down those barriers and really putting yourself out there is really scary. So how did you, did you deal with any of that? Did, how did you overcome that? Um, I really just embodied and I frequently do make comments. I do make videos just that I'm not your therapist. And that's what makes these platforms so easily because some of the things I talk about on TikTok, I wouldn't talk about in the way that I would with my clients because it's not appropriate. Mm. Um, I I'm definitely more open, but on TikTok, because they're not my clients. I mean, I've had clients find me um, and past clients and we've had the conversation about that, but it's really about like, I, like, for example, like I talk about my own mental health struggles. Um, and people always think like, wow, therapists should have their sh together. They don't struggle with mental health. And I'm like, um, have you ever been to an ACEs training with a, with a bunch of therapists and they're all hands are raised? Yeah. Like I'm We're not like saying the like, worst people. <laughs> I'm always like, and I'm like, it, the fact that um, you think that we've never struggled a lot. And I'm not saying there aren't therapists out there who don't have an A score at all, or have never struggled in their life. But most therapists I have come into, they came into this field for a reason. Exactly. exactly. And it's not because they thought, Hey, let's sit in feelings for the rest of my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think that that, um, that has been such kind of an amazing opportunity is really just being able to just show up and be authentically me in a, in a way that pulls back that veil and it destigmatizes mental health. I mean, my videos go over much well now when I do med reminders than they did at, be at the beginning because it was, oh my God, you're a therapist who takes an antidepressant. And mm. I'm like, yeah, I am. Like, let's normalize this that it's okay to take medications. It's okay to seek therapy. It's okay to ask for help. Um, even as a licensed provider in my field, you wouldn't shame a cardiologist for going for a cardiac checkup, or you wouldn't shame a cancer doctor for getting cancer treatment, right. but showing that like we do the same. Like when I, when I said I had, I go to therapy, people were like, therapists go to therapy. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I've been in therapy since I was 18. Like, yeah, I think Hillary and I have, I mean, we're, we're 
open in in our journeys, but I definitely think that we both struggle sometimes and what is that boundary and what is that comfortability of self-disclosure versus professionalism and that can be really hard to navigate I know just like I've been more vocal on Instagram specifically about my own mental health and I've been open that I see therapists and um, just recently started medication and and I think it's so invaluable for therapists to talk about their personal journey for that destigmatizing piece because we're all just people right (laughs) it's it's people first yeah we're people we're humans first therapists second and that's something that I really um when I first started kind of going live and really talking with a lot of my followers I said I'm just a human yeah at the end of the day like I am a human and just because I know what the skills are, I might be, I might be able to use them a little bit better because I have that knowledge. But I do think sometimes I don't yell at my husband because I have no distress tolerance in that moment. Yes. Because I'm human. Um, do you think that sometimes I stuff my feelings down and scroll TikTok for three hours because I want to avoid what's happening in my life? Yes. Because I'm human. Um, and I think again, it's, it's normalizing that piece. Um, because, and I think that's allowed what I hear is from a lot of my followers is that makes people want to open up to their therapist more Mm. because they're like, again, we're not sitting on a pedestal of perfection. Like, right. And that's, Oh no, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say like in sessions, yes, it is completely about you as a client. Like I should not be sitting in session talking about my problems and my issues because that's not the nature of that relationship. But if you go in it and, and my client comes to me and they're like, wow, I saw this TikTok therapist talk about the struggles. And it made me think maybe you have struggles too. Mm-hmm. And that you're not, and that you're not some like pedestal person that I don't think gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it creates this wall, this barrier, right? Mm-hmm. Clients. And that's like, traditionally speaking, maybe what therapy was perceived as mm-hmm. and we're breaking down those barriers and that's what you're doing. And the word that comes to mind is like relatability. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah. You mentioned on, um, on your social media being a modern therapist and modern therapy. So I'm curious to know what is your definition of modern therapy and what does that look like? Yeah. My, I mean, there's all different types of therapy for every person, the traditional therapy where there's really no self-disclosure, like You're not going to swear with your clients. You're not going to talk social media, like trends with your clients, Um, that type of stuff that still works. I never want to downplay that type of therapy because that still works for people. And then it, like I had a client who was Gen Z who wanted that and that's great. And so there are individuals that that really works for, but what I call myself is I call myself a modern therapist, which is I'm going to, as long as it's appropriate. And it's reciprocated. So usually I don't swear until my clients swear. And then I gauge that. I'm not going to drop the first session, drop an F-bomb when I have no idea what your comfortability is. Um, I asked my client the other day, I said, so what TikToks are you relating to recently? Mm -hmm. Show me me some of the TikToks you've been sending your friends. Because sometimes that's like gauging where they're at. What are you relating to? Mm -hmm. Show me something that defines your mental health. Um, 
I really, I really, really, really sit in the seat of teens deserve just as much confidentiality and minors deserve just as much confidentiality as adults, which is definitely a shift. Mm. I, I feel, um, when I was a kid, that was not the case. Anything I said in session was told to my parents, Mm. um, versus now, like I make it very clear, like parents can access records, but the minute you do that, you've now hurt our trust. Mm -hmm. Like I, I tell them like, here are the limits of what I have to, when I have to tell your parents, but I, but I try to really keep this confidential. Um, I I just want to say to that, that is huge because I would imagine so many kids, so many teenagers are so resistant to the idea of therapy because of that fear that everything you talk about is going to be told to their parents. And, and most of the time it's the parents that are really the problem, not the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, that is so messy. So, you know, giving kids as much autonomy in therapy as possible is huge. And that's, and that's my big piece is like giving people that autonomy that they can talk about their suicidal thoughts or their self-harm and they're not going to be immediately called to crisis or, um, the police. And I, I just had this conversation today about a client, um, trigger warning about Mm self-harm. Um, but they were talking about self-harm and I said, okay, like, I'm not going to tell you to not do it, but I want to talk about how we can do this safely. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? Are we, are we doing all of these things? Because I know that that, like, that's a lot of modern therapy, I think too, is really that harm reduction piece as well. Like making sure you're safe and learning maybe some different skills to help step away from that, but also validating like that is your coping mechanism right now. And I think like, even when I was in grad school, like we didn't talk about those things versus like, now I'm like, I can't imagine going to a teen and saying, stop doing that. (laughs) No, I think that would go well. Um, probably not. Um, how did you develop this? Like, how did you get to this place where, you knew that this was going to be your path as a therapist and you weren't not going to be, you know, apologetic about it. I realized working in the communities that I worked in, they didn't want someone who showed up in dress pants and a blouse and a blazer. Mm. These are individuals who are consistently living in systematic poverty and trauma. They want someone to show up and just be real with them because there hasn't been a many people who've been real with them their entire life. Um, and they want someone to show up and, and be directly honest because they've been lied to. Mm. Um, like my clients know that when they come to my office, I'm not going to like, I'll sugarcoat it to a point. Like I'm not mean, but they know that they're going to get a direct and honest response from me. They know what to expect. Um, and I think that that's a piece that, um, they really enjoy. And I'll be honest, that's not for everybody. I've had clients who are like, you know what? Mm-mm. Nope, I need sugar coating. And I'm like, great, let me help you find someone. Um, because it, I'm not for everyone. Um, I get comments all the time. I wish you were my therapist. And sometimes I like laugh because I'm like, I bet you would hate me. <laughs> like, are you sure? <laughs> sure. Ooh. Accountability, right? Accountability. Yeah. And that's where I really live, live in my piece is vulnerability and that accountability mm-hmm. in if no one, if everyone is beating around the bush for you, you're never actually going to look at the bush. Right. You're well, not that helpful. Yeah. And so I'm very much like, 
how's that working out for you? <laughs> like very much and saying like, well, that doesn't seem like that's working for you at all. And like, I can see it sometimes in my face. They're like, oh my God, she's on it again. Yeah. Okay. I'm quitting therapy today. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah, so that's what I, yeah. I find that a lot of the, um, the populations of community mental health that we work with also kind of, they do know, right? Like they know, and they sort of need that accountability and someone else to know and to push mm -hmm. them and help them and guide them. Yeah. So that accountability is actually really a positive. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know how often you guys have ever heard this in your line of work so far. Um, I think when you are vulnerable and that accountability and you're real, it allows that you get paid to care. Mm. Um, I think that takes that away. <laughs> I think, I think that takes that away even more, like, yeah. because they see like, I'm showing up for you. Like, I'm not, Oh, you're feeling sad. To, like, I'm trying to be like, even fake being like, hoity -toy. like, I don't know. I can't even do it. But like, it takes away from that, like you get paid to care. And it, it adds that additional layer of, Oh my God, like she's real with me. And sometimes they forget that they're doing therapy. Well, I, I think when you were talking earlier about the traditional therapy modality versus modern therapy, many people still have this idea of what therapy looks like. And I think it's so important to educate that therapy can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And it also depends on the person that you're working with. Yes. You or and I could both do CBT and it looked completely different. Yep. So I I wish that there were was more accessibility for people for therapy in that um I don't know if we've talked on the podcast a little bit about like licensing requirements and all the fun hoops you gotta jump through yeah. to get your license, but then the fact that you can only practice in the license that you're um licensed in, like. I think it does a lot of people a disservice because people who would do well with you can't access you. So at least the content and information you're able to provide on social media, it can serve people in that way. Yeah. And we are very quick to remind um, that the information that you consume on social media through the mental health sphere is not therapy, nor is it a replacement for therapy. Um, right. I call it, it it's, it's um, oh, what is the word I want to call it? It's an asset. Mm -hmm. It is something that you can use alongside therapy. It is something that can help you give language to something that you're feeling, but in no way should it ever be used as a substitute. But we do understand that people use it because mm -hmm. they don't have access. Right. Um, and that, and, and that that's one of the ways. And again, that's the reason why I do it because I know that some things are so inaccessible. Um, I do a lot of talking on cutting off family relationships um, and ending those familial relationships, which is, again, is, is a very modern take on relationships. I'm pro too. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm about, I mean, on January 2nd, on January 1st or 2nd, I'm going to be four years, no contact with my mom. Wow. And and that was by choice. And I normalized, like, it's okay when it's not serving you and it's not healthy and you've set those boundaries and those expectations and they've been violated, that it's okay to end that no matter how they are related to you. And um, I think that that, again, it's that modern piece of like, that also, I get messages all the time. Wow, you've given me the strength and you show me that you can go no contact. 
I've not spoken to my mom in two weeks and I feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you normalize again, being a therapist and doing those things right. and just showing that it's okay. Like having the struggles, having the challenges in your own life. Yeah. Well, Kristen, I have a question actually specifically about that. It's great that you went there because you're, <laughs> your followers and the people that interact with you on social media, how do you uphold boundaries when there are Mm -hmm. so many at this point and there's messages and there's outreach and people want access to you because you know, they love you. So how do you do that? So I don't answer DMS unless I personally request someone to send me a DM. I don't answer them. Um, I remind people, I have a a texting feature where people, where I text my followers, um, but it's more of like a mass text. And it's a reminder um, when they send it to, when they send me a text to join, it tells them that it's not a crisis service. It's not meant. Um, Every, every couple of weeks, I'm going to be sending out a reminder of this is not, this is not direct access for therapy. Um, we do those reminders. I know it's in our, a lot of therapists put in their bios. This isn't a replacement. This isn't therapy. I have a disclaimer that every so often it's, it's on my Instagram and my highlights, but every so often I'll repost it to my stories that just talks about it. Um, but it's really like in lives, I, and I answer questions very general. I don't give, unless they're asking me like super untherapeutic questions, like what Duncan order should I get? Um, I don't answer personal questions like that. Um, because at the end of the day, there's, two, it's twofold. It's to protect myself and to protect my license, but it's also to protect that person because we are not a therapeutic relationship. We, this is not a confidential space. This is not a place for you to be discussing super in-depth mental health struggles because it's not protected. Um, And it's not that I don't care because I do see messages sometimes that tug at my heartstrings and I, and I so wish that I could respond, um, because I, I get messages all the time for many different things. Um, but it is, I don't respond to anything. I don't respond to, I get people where they're like, oh my God, where'd you get your glasses? I don't respond. Mm. Um, I don't, and, and that was something that I started probably three or four months into doing it. Cause I used to respond to messages. Um, and then it was like, Ooh, we're, we're reaching some sketchy land. Yeah. I know that, um, Hillary and I have experienced a little bit of that, um, with just our small following. Cause it, it is the line of work that we do is so personal and we, we do want to help people. Obviously that's why we're therapists, but it is so important to protect our own well-being and our own energy as well. And we can't serve everyone, nor should we. And uh, and I say all the time, like, I don't work for free either. So I'm yeah. happy to provide general content. But if you want personal yep. questions asked, like schedule a consultation because yeah. that, that's fair for you and safe for you and it's safe for me. So yeah. well, and that's and that's how I feel about it. Like. I'm doing this for free. Yeah. Like this, this, like, this is what I'm doing on top of everything else. Um, and, and I try to take, like, I'll read my DMS. And if someone comes up with a really cool idea, I'll take that. Like they'll, they'll say, I have this question. Can you please focus on things to help anxiety attacks? I may post an anxiety attack video, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But yeah, it is like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw 
there was a video back in September that I posted and it was like when you run to your client in public, but you can't say hello. I love that video. Which is really great because all the therapists got it, but there were several comments were like, oh my God, you can't go up to your client, but you can film them. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> and like, there was like, oh my God, you're filming your client. And I was like, do you guys think I'm going to lose my job? Like lose my license over it? And I was like, and now it's a running joke. So yeah. now it's like a consistent like thing now. Um, but I'm like, like I remind people like in my lives, like I'm not, I'm not, like I'll quit TikTok before I lose my license. Right. Like I'll quit social media before, because that's my livelihood. Like, that's what I love. Like, that's my job. And I think sometimes people forget that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a professional medical profession. And we work our asses off to get to this point, to get licensed, to go through the board of mental health. And we have these rules in place for a reason. Yes, like it's it's tough with social media because that is a completely new area that I don't even know if is is in like our ethical guidelines for the most part probably not there's um, a couple in ours I don't know there, what your license I, I see what your license is um but in the social work license there is a couple different things yeah. but it's not super in-depth right so it's very gray but for the most part like best practice and do no harm like that yeah. is key so yeah, I think you're, what you're doing is a lot of amazing, amazing work for people, people as a whole, but also for therapists to see that you can be a normal, flawed human being and present yourself on social media within, you know, ethical guidelines and show your personality because yeah. people want to see it. And you've had such a positive response, mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, what, how many likes on TikTok do you have right now? Like nine I million? Just hit, I think I just hit 10 million. Oh that's, amazing. Yeah. that's amazing. And so those are tiny ripple effects that you're creating that mm-hmm. is getting mental health content out there for people. So we so appreciate you being here and talking with our listeners and we want people to connect with you. Um, where can people find you? We've mentioned your tag, but um, one more time. For- yeah, so you can, you can find me on, Inst- I'm mostly on Instagram and TikTok. Um, you can find me at not your average therapist um, and therapist is T-H-R-P-S-T. It's just therapist without the vowels, um, but you can find me there. Um, I get a little bit more personal on Instagram, but I'm kind of more funnier on TikTok. Uh, so, so I yeah. have noticed that TikTok people, um, they respond better to humorous videos. I've noticed and Instagram is much more informative. I have to be very particular in the captions when I take a TikTok and I post it to reels when I know, um, when I know that a video probably isn't going to, mm-hmm. um, yeah sometimes to love Instagram. Sometimes the humor doesn't go over the same way. Right. <laughs> um, so we will have your info in our show notes and this uh, episode comes out in January. So we will definitely share that with you. Um, for our listeners, what is your Dunkin' order, by the way? Oh, my Dunkin' order is an iced mocha cold brew with just cream. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. Because the milk is sugary enough. But yes, that is my that is my go-to Dunkin' order. 
Nice. <laughs> we got that question. So I love it. Well, again, Kristen, we so appreciate your time and your insight. And we we uh, want to stay in touch with you. So and listeners, if you have any questions for us or for Kristen, um, you can direct them to Hillary or I. We'll have our contact information at the bottom or in our show notes. In the show notes, yeah. And as always, guys, remember to hit subscribe and you know send this to a friend and stay in touch with us. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you.